Do you look at your children growing up and say, stop right there, freeze the clock, stop time, let's just camp out here for now. Don't grow up. Maybe you want to reconsider that. Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, author of the book, The Convivial Homeschool, gospel encouragement for keeping your sanity while living and learning alongside your kids. I write and podcast at simplyconvivial.com about homemaking, homeschooling, and doing life cheerfully. I'm a homeschooling mom here to help you organize your attitude and dig into the good work that God has given you to do in your home. Here at Simply Convivial, we beat overwhelm and replace perfectionism with baby steps as we learn to manage family life well. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. This is a year where I've been thinking about the passage of time and different life stages. My oldest son was married this summer and my second son moved out. The family inside my home, the ones that I feed and instruct, are contracting, not expanding anymore. At least that's the way it looks and the way it feels when I plan dinners and school schedules. At this point, our youngest is 10 and our oldest is 20. Life looks very different now than it did when all five kids were 10 and under. So today I have some thoughts that I would love to share with a younger version of myself. I can't do that, but I can share them with you. So let's dig in. I spent so many years trying to get my bearings, get a grip, figure out the routines and make things run smoothly. I mothered with intensity. I did not keep the house with intensity. I meditated on the word convivial and about how to get out of my head so that I could build a home and a life where we all enjoyed one another. Convivial is not actually my natural bent. At heart, I'm a logistics executive, and what I think would really bless my efforts would be having minions who do what I say without question. As a young mom, I misinterpreted the ideal of obedience from my children as having them do what I said without question. Now, it's tricky because there's a sense in which this is true, And in the sense that it's true that obedience is doing what mom says without questioning, my children were obedient. But in the sense that I imagined at the time, I was wrong. I imagined that the end of obedience would be me not having to say anything anymore. Everyone would just do what I had laid out like clockwork. That never happened, so I kept trying to figure out the next system to try until we reached logistical nirvana. But the education and conversation and expectations that I did give my children undermined my unconscious goal. I had expectations that the right system plus obedient children 
would equal zero friction plus high achievement. What that, however, would take is not obedient children, but automatons, more machine than human, cogs. Yet I educated my children to take initiative, to think, to problem solve for themselves, not to accept commands unthinkingly. And then I was frustrated when their practice attempts were aimed at me. Instead of noticing that they were stretching their muscles towards proper independence and directing it with joy, I strategized over how to make my own life easier. But an easy life is not the goal of motherhood. The goal of life isn't to try to find or make the easy road. Sanctification for God's glory is the goal, both for us and for our children, which makes it also the goal of our mothering. We don't mother for ourselves, certainly not for our own convenience, but also not for our own personal glory. Our children are not given to us to be pets or trophies or accessories. If our children were like pets, then our responsibilities would stop at keeping them alive. Our training efforts with them would be done simply for our own convenience, because we want our life to flow a certain way, to feel a certain way. If our children were like trophies, we'd consider how each of their choices reflected on us. We'd take credit for their good choices and try to minimize and hide their bad choices. We'd be very careful about appearances because the point would be looking good to others via our children's outfits, behaviors, skills, or achievements. If our children were like accessories, then we'd make decisions about how many to have and what to do with them based on our own personal aesthetic. What are we going for? Which lifestyle option are we trying to click? Kids in some combination and with a mix of other lifestyle options would help us achieve the life we want. Because our children are not pets or trophies or accessories, having them, dressing them, raising them, educating them is not a personal choice, but a set of obedience choices made before God. We don't mother in ways that please us or that seem right in our own eyes, but we mother before the face of God, answering to Him for those immortal souls entrusted to our care. As a young mom, my sights were set too narrowly. My vision was short-term. The smooth running of my own house was not the reason that I was given children. The smooth running of my own house was only a part of my own sanctification and a gift I was supposed to be giving my children, not a gift they were supposed to be giving to me. As an older mom now, my vision has expanded. Each of my children are not parts of our family puzzle fitting together nicely. Each of my children are independent in age-appropriate ways, productive, energetic contributors, not to my household, but to God's household. 
And that's exactly the way it should be. Every year now, the number of hands helping with chores in my household decreases. Every year now, the number of hours they spend at home decreases. In fact, I must decrease, but Christ increases. So I rejoice and look on, beaming with joy and approval, even as consistency in family routines at home is basically non-existent. Routines are not the be-all, end-all goal. They are only tools to help us in the training years. They are personal tools to train ourselves by. The children break out of our routines by design, and it is a positive good for them that we should not hinder. May we look forward to the day, not that we have managed to keep our little flock on track, but rather to the day when we look over to the other side of the church and see our children grown, following the Lord in paths that we didn't set and that we don't control. May we all rejoice in the day when we sit at a meal reunited after a week or three or six apart from our grown children and look around the table and know deeply, this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in my eyes. Mother now, in light of that future, not in light of a hoped-for, smooth and easy day with the children. Don't fret and mourn as the children refuse to be children and as they practice their independence muscles. Rather, help them. Mother birds shove babies out of the nest so that they have to fly. We should be closer to that model of motherhood than an emotional mess who wants to selfishly freeze time and preserve our own sense of identity that we've invested in. The payoff of truly investing in our children is that those children go out into the world and they reap an increasing dividend on their own not for us. If we resent that we don't get the payoff and the dividend from the work that we poured into them, then we discover that we thought that the work was for ourselves. What we reap for ourselves is our own sanctification in Christ alone. And mothering ourselves into an empty nest is just one more step in that process that we must be willing to take joyfully, convivially, humbly. Do you need encouragement on this motherhood journey? I send out emails a couple times a week with short but meaty thoughts to help you meditate on being convivial, cheerful, to practice repenting, rejoicing, and repeating. If you're not on my email list yet, then you're missing out. It's all free. So go to simplyconvivial.com slash email 
or find the link below. That's simplyconvivial.com slash email. And get some emails a few times a week to help you keep your eyes on the true goal to glorify God and enjoy him forever.